millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. The Match Ball. Hello, welcome to The Match Ball for the Leeds Man United game. Uh, it's Dan, Michael and Moscow here with you to, uh, to analyse what just happened at Ellen Road. Um, we've just tried straight down from the stadium to our studio just off Gelded Road. I fell over. I didn't trot. I fell over. Oh, did like you? Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. Well, we'll get, get to I that think my knee's okay. Let me mention Levi Solicitors. It's very, very important we do them at the start of the podcast yeah. uh, and say thank you to them for their support, continued support. They're our favourite solicitors of all of the, the solicitors, aren't they, Michael? Yeah, absolutely. Do you know why that is? Not just because they pay yeah, us to I'll, say I'll, it. That's what I was going to no, say. Because no. oh, they're the best. Yeah, they are the best at what they do in the world. If they weren't, we wouldn't let them pay us. Yeah, that's that true. Um, yeah, 10% discount on your legal fees, levicelisters.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Uh, appointment booking system is available online. You can book, book appointments from uh, wherever you are in the country as well. Not just Leeds, everywhere. levicelisters.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Um, right then, didn't feel like a 2-0 loss, did it? Very disappointing there towards the end. How did you fall over, Moscow? Uh, you know when you go out the back of the cop now and you're going round uh, Bobby Collins' way, you've got the little... Barriers towards the, the ice rink, thing. the tiny ones that are under knee height. For some no, reason, the ones directly behind the cop. It means all oh, right. Okay, it's, they're all the same. But yeah, as you go around towards the ice rink, uh, st- just a struggle. Even though I am quite tall, my legs are quite long, mm. and the barriers are quite short. Went down. Yeah. So, but I think I'm all right. <laughs> did you? Was there much of an audience? Or? If anyone's got video footage, do send it on. There yeah. was a couple of people. I think I styled it out. Um, two 0 to Man United today. Felt a bit unfortunate for a game that, from where I was sitting at least, that we um, we seemed to dominate that up to a point, and then from what people are generally saying and my own high-level analysis. Mm. The subs changed the game a bit, didn't they? We kind of lost momentum when Bamford went off and then Harrison um, and Ruta looked every bit a 20-year-old kid who's been parachuted into a Premier League game um, without much practice. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't work did it from that point. We, lost, we seemed to lose momentum and they made changes as well when they changed shape at the back, didn't they? And, um, we didn't seem to necessarily adapt to that particularly well yeah and, and Ruta was I think I could see why we made the changes because I think Bamford and Harrison had both done a lot of running and looked like they might be tired and maybe you're looking to freshen it up a bit but yeah it didn't really work he reminded me a bit of um, Paolo Wanchop today did did Ruta you know yeah. in that he's got very unconventional movements he's got um, <laughs> he's got that kind of you know our Erling Haaland kind of he's very limmy as he runs mm. Ruta's a bit like that, but a little bit like Napoleon Dynamite as well, almost running, running leaning forward, I thought, which was quite fun. Yeah. But um, no, he, he didn't, he just didn't have it today, did he? There were little moments, some nice little flashes of skill when he tried to turn out of trouble, but he felt like he needed too long on the ball. I was going to say, I thought he, he did some nice stuff. There was a couple of, there was one in particular where he was kind of got the ball under control in our half when um, we were under pressure and he kept it, moved it, and then sort of lovely ball out to Ailing on the wing. And then there was a um, another time when he, 
he did quite well attacking down the left at one point. So, but I thought, you know, it's hard. It's sort of um, which it's dinosaur and egg, whether it's sort of that we started playing badly because uh, Rutter was on the pitch and or that him playing badly made us worse. Like we, I don't think coming on in the last half hour of the game against Scum when everybody's getting tired and they're bringing on fresh, better players is the moment when we're going to get the best out of him in his second appearance for Leeds. So I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt and, and there was very, hope that he's going to be better. And there's future. very much a bigger story at play, Moscow, um, which is the shape, the tactics, the way we set up. I mean, I've come away from that personally feeling like, my God, why didn't we make this change sooner? Because the organisation was light years ahead of what we've seen this season. Mm. And everybody could see it in the stadium. Like there's some one person in particular who's like tweeted the same was that one on Marsh as well. Like, you know, like, blah, 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 blah. It's like, no. <laughs> no, we, no, no. We played so much better yeah, than we, we would have if that, Marsh was here. And I will stand by that. Streets ahead of anything we've yeah. seen in the last 12 months mm. was that in terms of organizing. Junior Furpo looked like a competent footballer because I was going to, I was going to, I made notes to say we must praise Furpo yeah. because I, th- I thought he was actually. Had some very good moments. Especially booking was 17 minutes in. And it, it didn't mm. even look like a booking to me. There no. was worse in the game than that. Um, sen- sensible. We looked like a sensible, disciplined team um, instead of just chaos. But at the same time, retaining some of what Marsh had gotten doing. Because I think, getting into Marsh as ever, um, he's very big on behaviours and attitudes and sort of like uh, your SARD and the things you've got to do and, and all those and what Skubala seems to have done, uh, I mean, he does have help, although we've not learned that he has put himself in charge of them, um, is give a structure to that. So they are still um, SARDing for all their worth when the opportunity is there, but he's also told them, stay in shape, be sensible, don't try making uh, stupid decisions. If we're attacking and you can't get to the goal straight away, keep it, try giving it to a teammate instead of just going hell for leather all the yep. time. And so I've seen much more of us being around the penalty area in controlled possession, going to one side, going to the other, trying to get in here, trying to get in there, instead of just giving it to Brendan Aronson and like, like run, run, run. And all, so it's kept some of that, of the, the attitudes, yep. but put it within something that actually makes some bloody sense. And Zach as well, who's one of the Marsh super fans who's in the comments every week defending him, God bless you, um, for staying on brand. Uh, saying we would have played the exact same under Marsh. Marsh could get good results against the better teams. No, we wouldn't have played the exact same I because today we were defending a lot deeper. Um, so it was, as the cool kids would say, a mid to low block, whereas Marsh has you pressing from the front, which leaves you getting pulled horribly out of shape. Everybody in that stadium could see it today. The mm. atmosphere was different. The atmosphere lifted a thousand times like the pressure being taken off. The pressing from the front was interesting because we seemed to have a, an approach of we would essentially just let Maguire and Shaw have the ball yep. and just leave, say, like, well, go on then, yep. play, play around us. See what see what you can do with it, and the answer for most of the game was nothing. They, they felt, were com- uh, just completely up against a brick wall. I felt honoured to be watching Harry Maguire today because being so young, I never saw Franz Beckenbauer in the flesh. <laughs> but today, uh, I saw. Mm. I feel like the the passing out from the back. It reminded me of there's a Mick Hennigan story. He's Howard Wilkinson's assistant manager when Dave Simpson interviewed him for the Last Champions. A very good book about the uh, title winning team. Um, he was asking him about the things that they knew about players. And he said, you mentioned Phil Babb, that their tactical plan, whenever they had a team, he was laughing. He's like, yeah, Phil Babb, I always remember, just let him have the ball. And he said, why? He said, because he'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. With Harry Maguire, you don't have to press him. You just cut, you cut off 
all these other options. Yeah, that's what you And he'll eventually just give it to you. Mm. If you looked at the shape that they had, yeah, and the number of times we forced them into doing that as well, like conceding possession, was just to cut off the passing lanes into midfield for mm. them. So they had to start looking longer. I've just so, looked, so that was how we were pressing for them. Just looked at the stats, actually. Harry Maguire, 127 passes. Bruno Fernandes, 31. Yeah, which yeah. says a lot about what we were doing. You know, that, and that was, that, so that's demonstration of it working because he's what they, who they put the, the football through. Oh, and occasionally he does. I mean, he, he, he was in fairness very well marked by the referee today. It was Bruno Fernandes. So he, he was struggling to get space in there as well. And another great difference as well that we saw today, um, because the, the tweaks, as Scoobs has said, the tweaks, we're not chucking the whole manual in the bin um, because there are good bits about yeah. what Marsh did. Yeah, we did turn up good performances against good teams. Um, Although but, actually one of them was Chelsea, who was shit. But um, but Biggie uh, T is saying, saying there was a ball from Furpo to Ailing who launched a huge diagonal to Nonto. That's yeah. true. There's no way they would have done that on the match. They were, they were looking to use the the width of the pitch. You could mm. see it, and so it's it's you know it's it's hard to you don't want to talk down to people who've not been in the stadium today. But when you've been in the stadium, you see the whole shape of the game, and it was a mile apart. You could see it in the video footage from Old Trafford as well. It was, it was a bigger view of the similar sort of thing, and there were still there were still. Marsh bits in there. It seemed like uh, Somerville in the second half was following Wilf Nonto around because we couldn't really get Wilf in it in the first half. Um, so in the second half, they were trying to get overloads and we weren't trying to um, go wing to wing as much. So we are staying r- relatively within the lanes, but it's it's the um, the slowing down in those moments. One hundred to seventy, you might say. Yeah, we might be in the same sort in some of the same setups. But the way the players are going about trying to attack is much more. Um, it just felt sensible. I know it's mm. it's very much a Warnockism. Uh, there's the famous clip of him, and I actually, much as I d- dislike Neil Warnock, this always makes me laugh. Which is the cup tie, Sheffield United away to Arsenal. He goes, "Go out there and enjoy it, lads, but enjoy it by being disciplined here." <laughs> and that's what we suddenly have had in the last two games: is a team that is still got the the potential for games. It's still pressing, and it's still. We were creating a lot of chances by forcing them into errors, but much, much better at keeping disciplined, keeping shape, not giving up, apart from Max Verber once, uh, giving <laughs> oh, up no! stupid chances to the opposition. <laughs> I'm, and just I gonna, I'm just well, going to write that down, by the way, because we need to talk about that. But I on. saw as well 10 minutes before, uh, and this is where it's, it's maybe a bit meaner when you're picking up on little bits of body language, but 10 minutes before halftime, Tyler Adams uh, went in, late on somebody and started arguing about where a throwing was going. And I saw Scoobs look at him and he pointed to his, his temples and then uh, gave him 10. He was like, and he said, like, 10 minutes, half time, just calm down. 10 minutes, half time, which, you know, Jesse would have been on the pitch with him trying to take swings at Fred, wouldn't he? So <laughs> it's just that these little differences that have approached that, um, that have come in and made we look a very different team. And, yeah. and none of there was none of that pinball trying to force it through no. a, t- a tiny area like as well. That was, that was such a noticeable difference. We were using the pitch, passing it around and then sending it into... And in, created chances. Yes, indeed. From it. It's not, fra- it's just not the same. It's not as frantic as it was. Yeah. That was the thing with it. It was always, we never ever would just have our foot on the ball for, for even a second, it felt like, under Marsh. In the worst of Marsh, it was just, it was just play it forward. It, it is, there's no one to pass stuff. Don't matter. Play Play that ball anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, that's part just, of his... Just, just fucking wait and then is, and, and wait for a pass, and wait for an actual ball to play. Part of his approach right from the day turned up when we were researching him, it was if there's not a pass on, just chip it to the penalty area, mm. to the penalty spot. That's one of his ideas, whereas it, this time if there's not a pass on, find one, which it seems a much more sensible approach and fits much more with um, the quality of players that we've got who played very well today, I thought. 
even though we lost. Yeah, it was. It was an unfortunate um, defeat, that wasn't it? It felt like, yeah, some of the changes they made, they were able to bring on players who were going to win them the game and it was just inevitable, wasn't it? Bloody Rashford central header and all that. Um, I, I know, what I noticed at about 70 minutes was um, our players, I sort of predicted this in my head, I thought, I bet they're going to score in about 10 minutes, something like that, because our players had just started to, when, when the game needed chasing and when we needed to kind of keep um, our foot on the gas, you could see the players all just trying to slow it down a little bit because they they're tired by that point. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I thought, we're puffing a little bit here. We need to, which is probably why I made the changes, but um, they're trying to buy themselves a little bit of time. Like, so for example, there were points where we were, we were in their attacking third and then we'd pass it back to Melier just to give ourselves a breather. I thought, yeah, they're, they're, they're a bit tired after two games of I the mean, week. We really went for it. It felt like the start of the second half, that was our yeah. That was our time to score, wasn't it? We, mm. we had a big push. We had them really quite effectively penned in for a long time, it felt like. We had a, a good 20 minutes of, of pressure there and we had some half chances. I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't actually see particularly well because it was in the first half. We had a, was it a good chance early on? It, Somerville. Right from the start. The bar, oh, yeah. should, we should have been 1-0 up in two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it looked good. Yeah. But from the far end, obviously, you can't... It looked terrible from close <laughs> yeah. up because he, he wanged it into the south stand. Yeah, yeah, that, was, but that looked like our best chance. But uh, yeah. And this is the thing, that isn't it? after Verber kept the, uh, the ball in play after a corner. And At this level, against mm-hmm. the team that's third in the Premier League, you've just got to take your chances. It boils down to that again, doesn't it? And there were some of those moments. I, I, I was umming and ahhing about Somerville because he's very... Um, Energetic, and I loved watching him uh, when he realised that it was only uh, Vegos was chasing him. He was like, "Right, I've got to run this." <laughs> I can do him. Um, but then that was a, a prime example of. Then he got to the edge of the penalty area, and he was trying to play ailing, and he just whacked it out of touch. And there was mm. a few of those where not quite making the right decision and not quite um, putting the right quality on the ball when he does make. He, d- he didn't quite have composure, decision. did he? No, and so that's where we were. We were maybe Ibona Sinistera there, there or something, or. Um, or Somerville in a couple of seasons when he's got a bit more about him. But, yeah. um, and then it was also noticeable. A lot was going through him because we couldn't really get hold of Nyonto in the first half. But Harrison was brilliant, I thought. Yeah. Well I thought, worth I thought his, Harrison uh, and Somerville both had some really good moments and some really frustrating ones. Yeah, I guess you know what. I suppose maybe Somerville's going to turn into Harrison where it would be exactly the same for years but it's like, oh, great first touch but <laughs> doesn't always work out. I loved Harrison's uh, substitution. It did make me slightly wonder. If he'd done that in January, I'd think he was off. Yeah. Because he yeah. was on the verge of them getting a, a guard of honour out and like, everybody appearing with t-shirts on, but he took uh, he really took as long as possible getting off the pitch. Interesting, just dive into a comment that touches on what we were saying there. Um, Pope has just tweeted to say that Ten Hag said in the post-match interviews that um, he felt Man United didn't show enough composure until taking the lead, too many unnecessary errors, which I think is actually is huge credit to the way that we set up today. Yeah. And I think the, um, the midfield was better today as well I thought I, I, I know people were praising McKenney the other night and I, I didn't think I thought he gave the ball away a bit too much I thought he faded in the game but early on put a really big tackle early on which was great there were a couple of really big tackles there one from one from Adams one from McKenney and I feel like they really set the tone as well yeah, it, was, it was like it was a proper barnstorming almost old school Premier League tie-up moments wasn't it yeah so those those two early tackles from those two it was it was a we're not going to fuck about today yeah. kind of a, a moment I have to say, the, that, that aspect of, of the midfield, particularly Adams and McKenney, like double teaming it, just I really enjoyed watching that. I think we need, McKenney. maybe could do with some of the uh, Bielsa fitness regime and Brendan Aronson could maybe do with the opposite. Some of the, One of those players needs more sherry and eggs and one needs less. Sherry and eggs. Um, <laughs> and then McKenney as well. But he doesn't stop getting there um, and tackling and then not convinced and this was kind of, he came with, this on his CV that he can't really pass. Like mm. there's there's not a, a there's not a, a sensible pass left in him. But uh, Tyler Adams, I'm pretty sure because he got um, 
a hand in the face right below where I in the was. face on the in your face uh, on so I was on the gantry it happened right below and I'm pretty sure I saw Rob Price and his staff collecting his teeth in a tissue off the grass and he reacted as well it was kind of um, it reminded me of when I got mugged and I didn't know if I'd uh, had my nose broken so I went back to my house because it happened around the corner from me and I went in and I said to my housemate it's like there was blood pouring all over my face I was like is my nose broken and he went he looked at me and he went no and then I knew then it was definitely broken because his face was like an absolute he couldn't lie wait a second you got mugged I mean this is a long long time this is years ago um, you mean with your physique you didn't just <laughs> brush them off I mean I tried to just convince them that this it was a Trium mobile phone I'm sure I've told this on the podcast before with a a uh, magic roundabout phone case. <laughs> it's not worth it, lads. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. I was like, look, if you want this, you can have it, and uh, but you don't. And then uh, um, and then they want some money, and then I said something like, oh, fuck off, you're not getting any money. And then he punched me in the face for swearing, which I thought was an interesting uh, dynamic. dynamic. yeah. Anyway, m- my reaction when... Hey, he's got an iPhone now, he's worth money. <laughs> my reaction <laughs> when... Um, Should we tell everybody where he lives? I understood <laughs> that uh, my nose had been broken reminded me or Tyler Adams I think was the same when they got there and they were like Tyler where's your teeth because he then went to the linesman and was like am I not getting anything for this how the fuck are you letting him uh, just remove my teeth and then that's where they were like going around the floor and put them in a, a little tissue put um, them in a little cup of milk yeah they seemed to know what they were doing I mean I when I uh, had my face punched I didn't then go and run around a football field for another 70 minutes so I was quite impressed that Tyler Kept it together. I've now, I've now so got this image because you are quite a lone wolf, you Moscow. And I've, I've got an image of you now, sort of. I was going to say prowling Ooh. the prowling the streets would have been the wrong word at night. Patrolling them like Batman, like sort of vigil- going to find them down, dishing out some vigilance. That's people I wanted to see again. I mean, they, they punched me in the face because you do. I'll like go a, hang out with August, those guys like a long dark coat. I just anyway. Um, <laughs> let's talk about Luke Ailing because we were shouted at by Ed in the comments on YouTube. Says talk about Ailing. So let's do that. It's good again, wasn't it? He was great. And he nearly scored with an overhead kick. Yeah. Uh, I will credit uh, um, I was sitting next to Joe Urquhart and he pointed out that it would have been instant retirement (laughs) you'd have had to sub him off just like yep go you're not playing ever again Perlo's beard asks how has Moscow's life not been made into a sitcom yet oh come on this is less interesting than uh, Luke Ayling's overhead kicks it'd be a drama wouldn't it he was good I did wonder (laughs) if if I've got some criticism of Scoobs who obviously can do no wrong uh, Rasmus Christensen maybe we needed him uh to run faster than Luke Ayling after a hundred and uh, I think a hundred and sixty minutes in a week were probably enough mm. for him, mm. and it started. It was similar with. I, it was interesting that Bamford didn't last to the hour, and I'd been thinking just before he uh, Rutter started uh, putting a shirt on that he'd started to look uh, leggy. Mm. So I think, and you don't sub a player off that for fifty-five minutes. You give him an hour for fitness, don't you? But I think it was he could do no more, mm. and um, especially when it was uh, they took him off for our corner as well. So it was like now we need to get mm. Paza bounce off this pitch, and I think there was maybe uh, we could have done with some of that with um, Luke Ailing as well. And it was similar at Old Trafford when we we're trying to um, see it out that we were bringing Brendan on and bringing whoever else we brought on, and we would make loads of changes. And we did have the problem that we'd uh, had to bring on the problem that we'd had to bring on Furpo in the first half. I didn't mean it that way. But um, yeah, so some defensive changes. Although, yeah, bring on there. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he stalled. Jeremiah <laughs> Mullen. Someone, someone control, control, alt, delete him. 
bring quick. on. I thought we'd broken you then. We could have brought on Jeremiah Mullen, I suppose. Giving Steve Nichol in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Absolute silence. Yeah, the, yeah. The bench did look a little bit um, childish. A bit, a bit childish again today, yeah. didn't it? But, um, uh, just, just Chris Kirk has tweeted as just saying that Harrison going off had more impact on uh, on the shape of things than Bamford's sub because he was leading the press yeah, and he was all, he was organising um, Jimmy and Willie next to him yeah. as well. So we just lost we lost, lost a bit some of direction, but direction and some experience as well. Like how old is? I mean, yeah, Bamford and Harrison are both good, experienced pros. Brendan Aronson he's he's not older than uh, Somerville, really, is he? He's just, he's just another fun kid. Mm. Um, and Rutter has obviously played one game. Accrington doesn't count. Mm. Um, two at most. So, yeah, we lost some nous. Uh Christensen apparently was singing, Katie said in the comments, singing um, down the touchline when he was warming up at one point, which I think is good fun. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Uh, let's talk about then, yeah, the note thing that I made, the note of uh, Verba, the chance before halftime, because we got that far and I thought this has been a really solid half. See it through mm. to halftime. Don't do anything. Oh, no. Um, don't do anything stupid. And he did. Melia was brilliant, though. Can, can I just say, just the, just the precursor to that was um, Fernandez had been, I think he'd either been diving or winching no the ref or whatever he'd been doing. And I was, sound like him at all. I was saying some bad words about him <laughs> in that stadium, I'll be honest. I wasn't, say, I wasn't saying many nice things. I noticed at one point in the first half, he went down. The word rat might have been used. I've, I refer to him as um, as rat in my notes throughout. Oh. It's easier to write in it. Yeah, three letters. There, yeah. there was a bit um, in the first half where he went down in front of their fans trying to get someone booked. And you could tell from the reaction of their fans, absolutely fuck all had happened. Because mm. if there's a bad tackle in front of away fans, everyone goes, oh, we're going, ref, book him. Everyone just went, oh. <laughs> Bruno just, being uh, Bruno. Yeah. Is that the one where he just stayed sitting there for ages? The game was going on, he just sat down in an offside. Yeah, possibly. It might have been second half, actually, when he did that. Oh, no, this, this was earlier on. Right. Um, this was first half. Well, first there was half. also, there was number 12 kicked things off by getting tackled and going down with a head injury. Yeah. To mm. stop the game. But anyway, yeah. so Fernandez had been, he'd done something to uh, make me sad and angry and then Verba did that and nearly sent him through it and the sort of, it wasn't a, like a, a fully completed thought in my brain but my brain just sort of went, oh no, that's not fair. You know, the thought of him running away into the, in front of the mm. cop after the, he'd just been given abuse. Um, 
having scored. Thankfully, it didn't happen, but it, it got away with one there. And if, if you saw Bamford actually ran back and bollock Verba for that. Bamford's been bollocking. All I've seen him do is bollock Verba for the last two games. <laughs> He's in the leadership group. Yeah, well, I mean, it's fair enough. I don't mind um, the players bollocking each other about stuff like that. It's one of those mistakes that was that bad. There's almost no point bollocking someone for it, is there? It's like, well, yeah. ah, you, you know what you've done. He's like, well, <laughs> obviously, I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to play them through on goal. Um, so, yeah, sorry about that. But I, was, yeah, I thought Melia did really well because he, he stood up and he, he made him make a decision where sometimes yeah. keepers can come out and they, they can make it a bit easier for a striker. But he was, uh, yeah, he did well there. I think he played better than De Gea today because they looked pretty shambolic at the back. Mm. Like some of like some of our chances came from them being unable to clear our fairly like average set pieces were turning into chaotic moments in their penalty area and they just didn't seem able to sort it out. And also I don't want to get through all this without saying that like Fred is terrible, isn't he? <laughs> Shit. I, I can really I can really see why I mean their fans do hate him and I can I can kind of see why because yeah. yeah he doesn't do anything does he? Nothing good. I, I and even his, uh, <laughs> the tackle that he got booked for when he, I think he took down Somerville was awful. Mm. Like it was a real, um, it wasn't just a, oh, I need to trip in and take the yellow. It was like, no, I'm going to go bang straight through his legs for absolutely no reason. And then just his all round play is just, like, I was starting to get angry. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is Premier League football and I'm <laughs> having to watch to be this. Than this. Yeah, and I'm going to watch this rubbish. <laughs> Demanding better from him. Yeah. But, right. um, Zach, Zach's now shouting because he wants to know about Schroeder. Uh, if you don't mention Schroeder I'll drop a bollock drop a bollock if you want How do you, you got two yeah um, I don't know anything about Schroeder has got a cat oh, that's Schrodinger yeah uh, or does he have a cat remains to be solved doesn't mm-hmm. it um, well he was there wasn't he today but it's, it's the not rumors, I haven't seen a photo but it's the guy yeah. from the Telegraph says he was there he used, to work, used to work with, uh, with Ten Rory's Hag Rory's brother <laughs> used to work with um, Paul's cousin with uh, with Ten Hag, didn't he? So he mm. might have just been in. I mean, who knows if Ten Hag brought him in just to put a cat among the pigeons, as you um Yeah, it could propose. be a scum plot. Like, come and come and pretend that you're... Walk around with a clipboard and pretend that you're taking over while I um, try and bollock Harry Maguire into being useful. I mean, I, 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 He's I, also just a bald man. People may have just spotted a bald man and seen this story and put two and two together and go, oh, sorry. It's like when you, you were Phil walking Hay. past the East Stand and people thought that Brian McDermott's back for... <laughs> Another job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't give it to Danny Mills. Um, but yeah, I mean, based on the limited amount of stuff I've read about him, uh, I don't want him, do you? I mean, I saw Alex <laughs> Bruce there today, so did you? maybe Steve Bruce is coming in. Yeah, that's God. true. Yeah, um, I mean, I did I did say to Phil, I think, I don't know what time I did text him, asking him about this. I said, please tell me that it's not... Uh, I mean, I don't know why Schroeder. people are asking us. They need to be tweeting at Phil because about these things. Because they think we've got a line into Phil, which to be fair, we do have a line into Phil, but... Don't um, tell us any of this, though, does he? Yeah. So even though he definitely a, knows, there's a nice there's a nice um, picture of the IX fans welcoming him with a, a number of banners. Yeah, I've seen that. It's not just one banner. <laughs> oh, there's, there's a number. There's a lot of banners. Yeah, yeah, they they, didn't they, they like are quite him. feisty. The old IX uh, fans, aren't they? Yeah, they've um, <laughs> the one that made me laugh. It's all of it's a montage with banners, and one of them is a picture of an alien head with a, a cross through it, <laughs> just mocking the man's the man's cranium. <laughs> this is what you, you're going to get next. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought, <laughs> seems that's, to be, quite, that's quite funny. Can't we point. just make your Rayola do the dirty on Vicar? Yeah, well, that, that would be a preference for me. There seems to be like two tracks to the job search and one is getting less attention than the other. One is Victor Orta flying around Europe begging uh, people he likes to try and do it. But then there's also talk that we've interviewed four people um, at the same time who presumably have applied or were just kind of on a second list or, or aren't in work. So... We've not heard as much about those. So it could be that this um, 
is it too early to call him a bold fraud? Or do we just go straight no, we'll in go there? No, go straight in there. So oh, we have this, a Michael uh, again here, Rob. This bold fraud has just <laughs> has interviewed well, and so it's like, okay, well, hey, you're me. in the running, so it was me. <laughs> I told him <laughs> about my, your coaching tips. I told no, I told him my name was. I told Trailer. him. I, I told him I'd managed Ajax before and turned up, yeah, and he yeah. was like, "Oh, cool." Did you put me Steve McLaren? Yes. Dutch accent. Uh, but Phil said he was going to find out, and that was at half time. So hopefully he'll find out. Well, he probably has. So he's, well, he's had like more than an hour. So I think people should be tweeting him and asking him uh, what he's found out. Mm. All bald frauds together. L A B A F. Anyway, solidarity um, isn't there. There's uh, brotherhood. Um, are you particularly worried about the season after seeing that? I feel more enthusiastic about what's left to come. There's obviously a long, long. Long way to go. There's a lot of games to play. A lot of different games. They're going to have a different kind of, um, different kind of feel to them, different shape to them than that. I mean, obviously, I can't remember when we last won a league game. November. So, so, November. So that's a bit of a problem. We haven't been playing constantly since November. There's the World no. Cup. There's but, been, you know, there's just, been a just, World Cup since we won a game. It's just a very, very long time, though, isn't it? That's yeah. The thing. Yeah. You talk about you. You know, players forget how to win, and I know that we've beaten some lower league teams, but we, it does really feel like a different season when we actually won a game. Yeah. There's been enough in there. We can beat Jesse Marsh's Southampton, can't we, in a couple of weeks? That's, it, I mean, good God, that'd be amazing. It would. It would. Um, Just as a prospect. To have him come back to Ellen Road and <laughs> boot. <laughs> it's funny. Like, I was dead against giving it scoops to the end of the season. But if it is between him and somebody that, like, the Ajax fans want to throw into the canal, then it's almost coming down to, like, like how bad can he be mm. when we've already done so much better than we have been in much more difficult games. This Scoobs has the Everton game, I'm confident. I think that's the thing. Mm. Um, and that's what we've not had for a while. It feels like we always lose to Scum. Like, you know, today is nothing. They all seem very happy about it. I wasn't surprised. I'm used to it. I feel weird. Yeah, I've, I've, seen, it, I've it. seen it enough times. Yeah. So. I feel weirdly like I've been happier with Scoobs taking it because, because he's just a coach. You know, mm. When it becomes a lazy option, a bit like Bournemouth have done, where like Gary O'Neill was just kind of there, and he used to play football, and they've just gone, "Oh, you you can do it. We couldn't get yeah. anyone else." Whereas it feels like, feels like Scoobs has at least set out to be a coach, so might have given it coaching a bit more thought than just being than just being like, "I used to be coached all the time. I've been a footballer all my life. Therefore, I'll do stay in football and do some coaching." Who was it that Tottenham put in the dugout against us when we uh, did we beat them at Elland Road and the? Um, Maybe we didn't beat them, but he was there after Mourinho, the curly hair defender. Oh yes, that child. He was, oh, a, yeah. Yeah. He was like the youngest manager of all time. He was about twenty-seven, and it was like, because oh, he, yeah, because he'd had the head injury, yeah. hadn't he? And he'd, um, uh, Ryan Mason, R- yes, Ryan, Ryan Mason. Mason. So he's not a Ryan Mason character. And I always thought that like, this is a bit of uh, getting into um, Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard because it was people kind of defending their records and saying um, that you know, obviously, the game is kind of favouring people like Skibala who have started, I think his first, he did his first coaching badges when he was 23. So the non-league team that he's playing for, the manager was like, right, well, you can start coaching them. And all these like 30 year old pub players were like, <laughs> well, walking, listening to him. Um, but he, that's, he said that was like the first point where he started learning how to educate. Um, so that's kind of the, the route that a lot of people are going and getting lots of experience. And uh, that's it. Comparing it to Duncan Ferguson, who has been coaching at academy level and assistant manager level for, years and years like 15 20 years and then to justify the like oh but uh steven gerrard did a year with liverpool under 18s and uh frank lampard also gained some experience at chelsea academy as if that's the same as if it's mm. the oh I, I went back to my old club and just looked after the under 18s for a season now i'm ready 
So, yeah, he he seems to... Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I just don't... <laughs> Sigh. I, I sort of feel like it's not a good idea because you inevitably get maybe the Gary O'Neill thing where it starts to go wrong as soon as it's, he's in the job. Mm. But if you did just say, because Gary O'Neill's got the job permanently, can we get through the rest of the season with just a caretaker and say, mm. right, you're not going to have it next year, next year but uh, it, it completely, keep going for now. It completely depends on the quality of other people available, doesn't it? Because if, if you've gone through your top five and you're eventually like, well, this guy could probably do a job. But it's, yeah. I mean, we're in with... Um, with this guy, we're, we're very, we'd be very early into the gamble territory, wouldn't we? He doesn't, he's never worked in the league. He's never been particularly You're successful. Right, ex brother. Yeah, but he's not been, he doesn't know the league. He's not, he doesn't have a long history of success. He's been for basically a one good year at Bruges. I had to clarify that because you could have been talking about Scabella as well. Well, yeah. But you know, if we're, if we're into the, the realms of just taking a punt on someone, you run about uprooting things again and then you potentially end up in the Southampton situation of having another manager in the season. If you appoint him and six games in, everyone's like, fuck, it's not working. Yeah. And it kind of worked a bit. A bit. It reminds me a little bit of when the season when we had Hockaday and Redders basically kept coming in and doing all right. Yep. And then they couldn't resist just appointing someone else. And, then you, end, and then, you end, then you end up giving it back to Redders again. It's like, oh, yeah. he came in and it, things were better when he was there. So let's go back to that. But by, Redders to the end of the season worked, didn't it? Yeah. It's fine. Is Redders coming in? Give it Redders... I mean, it is, we are in the equivalent of giving it redders. It's giving it scoops. Mm. Um, but it starts to become sort of more and more appealing, sort of the more and more that Victor Orta is getting told to fuck off yeah. by uh, everybody who's good. Um, and there's, you know, they interviewed him. If they trust him with the under-21s, having interviewed for that job over Eric Backer, then do you still... I mean, that's an important job. I mean, to be clear, I, my well? first choice is absolutely to employ a good manager mm. now. Yeah, I think we should do that. Let's do that. Mm -hmm. However, um, but if all we have to do, if all it comes down to, is just good training sessions during the week and then letting them play well at the weekends, like is it? Does it need to be more complicated than that? Do we need a a new philosophy? Do we need somebody trying to put in their way of playing between now and the end of the season? To, what do we need from somebody? I think at the moment it is we need well we need somebody to do what Scoops has done for the last two games, which is um, just take the good of what they. Um, had and give them some organisation and discipline and I thought of it after the Old Trafford game and now it's, it's happening again it's what we were crying out for when Bielsa got sacked as well as so I just please just have some structure like don't be open all the time um, if we're attacking be like be a bit more so we all just wanted I mean I didn't because I want Bielsa to stay but the, the general vibe was we just needed to be a bit more stout mm, stout and I love that that seems to be where we've got to by just having somebody with some calmness, um, not throwing out Marsh's work, not throwing out Bielsa's work, but just going like, how about if we just get back in shape all the time and be a bit more patient? Do good ball? things, Moscow. Um, not a good thing. The chance today of being condemned by statements from both clubs. Um, both clubs strongly condemn chanting from both sets of fans regarding historic tragedies at today's game. Such behaviour is completely unacceptable and we will continue to work together with our respective fan groups of Premier League and other authorities on eradicating it from football. Same, as it, same as it always yeah. is. Mm. I, I must admit, I didn't... In the cop, you, you know, you said you, it was quite loud from the West Stand. In the, in the cop, because it was quite... A, it was quite raw because I couldn't. I didn't really hear anything to write at the end when there were, there were pockets of Munich chants. I was right above uh, the away fans. So I was right at the scoreboard end above them. So I could hear them all through the game and I could hear the South Stand's responses. And it's just the same as it always is. Like um, one set, 
sings a song and everybody goes, like, oh, you can't sing that. So they sing something that's just as bad. And then they go, oh, well, you can't sing that. You started it. Yeah, well, no, you actually, no, you started it. Cause... Yeah, and it just goes on and it kind of, it fades yeah. and then it comes back it's... and one side might bring it back after it's not been sung for a while and the other ones get angry about it and it's just, I don't know what the uh, solutions are or what you, because it's been um but I think I've said this, for said this before, decades. like when it comes to stuff like this, like I, I don't like it personally. And that's because I don't know, again, it possibly just goes back to stage of life I'm at and knowing the ages of the, the people who died in um in Istanbul and having kids and things like that, being more sensitive to the families, having read articles about the families, and it's humanized the whole thing. It goes beyond chanting a football ground. And that's not what's getting thought about when people are singing it. And I don't think you can I don't think you can finger wag at football fans. Um I think you I don't know, you've got to appeal to the better nature and unfortunately doesn't always work out with football, does it? I don't know what I don't know what the solution is. Well, no. But because the thing is, if you say to people, and we always have this with um the Neon Tell song as well, as you say that there's it's a bad song and it winds people up and a lot of people are like, Yeah, we like winding people up, that's cool. So we'll keep singing it for those reasons. Like yeah. nobody's singing um the songs we heard today thinking it's a nice thing to sing. It's because it's um because the things being referred to are bad, but then um, there's also the question of how much people who are singing about it say even know about it because it becomes a point when you are that removed by time from the events that they're just words to those people and all they really know about those words is that they upset the people who were over there yeah. so if you shout those words at them they get angry about it and then they shout back but if you actually get down to the, the uh, and this is maybe the solution of it is you uh, bring them face to face with the people who are affected by the tragedies in Istanbul and by the tragedies in Munich and said, um, this, these are the people who you are singing about when you just throw those words around. Um, maybe, you know, it's, uh, it's more difficult to get away with it then. Um, because what always happens in these situations is, um, because we're not invested, we're just scolds and the Twitter sphere, like the club statement is just, it's being scolded by people who, um, are not directly affected. It's not the same thing as being told by somebody who was directly affected why it affects them. It's seen as just like, oh, you're just telling us off. Like yeah, finger wagging. Yeah. 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 Um, and that has less power than um, actually being brought face to face with what it actually means, which is people uh, dying when none of them should have. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's about, it's a matter of taste. Like I don't sit there and I'm not offended by it because I've, I've witnessed it for, for years. Just you know, bored I've, of it. I've, yeah, I've grown up with it, with it for like 40 years of this shit. Bored of it happening, bored yeah. of hearing it, bored that we'll have to, um, there'll be statements about it, bored that we have to go through the same discussion um, every year and just... It's really... It's, it just is, fucking stop it. In the ground, <laughs> it's basically... It's more do? or less pantomime stuff in the ground. Yeah, yeah. It's No one actually... No one really means it. Like, I doubt, I doubt Man United fans are actually glad that Leeds... Fans, some Leeds fans were killed. I doubt many Leeds fans are glad that Man United players died in a plane crash. It's just, like Moscow said, it's just something to say to It's a stick people. to beat fans with, isn't it? And yeah, that's why it's... it would be so easy to not do it because nobody's really getting anything out of it. No. Like, it's it's just people shouting very similar things, horrible things to each other. And then, um, and then so what's what's been gained um, mm. at the end of it? Uh, so, yeah, so there, there endeth today's moral interlude. <laughs> yeah. And is there a solution to it? I quite like the solution knows? when Millwall used to do this. We used to just chant boring, boring Millwall mm, towards yeah. the end. And that was, I felt that was probably a better solution for it because it was just... There's too much poison in this, isn't there, I think? Yeah. Well, there's also there's the easily available response. Yeah. Because mm. there isn't a, a tragedy that I'm aware of involving Millwall fans that we can 
shout back at them about. So apart it, from the Millwall fans, yeah, apart from the tragedy of their lives supporting that team. Um, so it's really easy. It's just right there on the shelf. Yeah. It's like if they sing that, well, we've got this, mm-hmm. and then um, and then yeah, nothing uh, is gained from it apart from some people got to shout it at some other people and. Do they even feel better about it? I don't know. Final thoughts. Back on the game, then final thoughts on the game. Um, Um, Bruno Fernandes should live in a bin forever. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was just going to say, where where from here, in your um, opinion, where where do we have to go? What Everton away, we have to go. And do we we have to win there? It'd be really nice. Mm. What happened? Could be, they play Liverpool on Monday, don't they? Mm. So Mm. um, we could be be in the bottom three. Go on, Jürgen. If Everton win that. Does it feel to you you like the season starts like now? We can't lose it, I don't think. No. A draw would probably be all right, but Christ. We need to start winning. Christ, we need to start winning at some point. And and, and a win just does so much for you. Yeah. Like if you you win two games in a row, which doesn't sound the most difficult thing in the world, you look absolutely fine all of a sudden. You'll Mm -hmm. you'll fly up the table. It's a a hollow (laughs) appearance because it's the same with Forest. Um, They've got two more wins than us. Mm. But uh, so or five points but it's easily not easily it's quickly evaporates mm. as we discovered after the Watford game last year when you thought oh alright yeah, we've won a game and we're, we're miles out of this now um, I suppose the one thing that is significant today is that apart from Everton still having to go to Liverpool tomorrow that's our game in hand isn't it? so mm. we're back to uh, we're on an, par an even league table and unfortunately unfortunately we appear to be only 17th which I think is not high enough no we should be higher than I think we should try and get further up the table than that but essentially, I don't think we need to change anything going into going into Everton. I think mm. we can if we play in the same way, fine against an inferior team. Let yeah, let James let Tarky have the ball. And I'm, when I say inferior team, I mean inferior relative to Man United, not to us. You know, because yeah. we, are, we are where we are in the table. You know, um, that's, that's the risk, isn't it? It's kind of because Scoobs has got us like with these two good performances and one point, which is a point more than I think we probably expected from these games, and certainly the performances were better than we were fearing. Um, you you start to wonder if it's like this fragile alchemy that even if you got if like oh Pep Guardiola said I'll I'll take it for the rest of the season oh but are you gonna are you gonna mess it up though are you <laughs> yeah, gonna try yeah. and get them to do some stuff that won't work it's almost like Jenga isn't it <laughs> yeah it's exactly it's where you've reached that fragile point where this seems to be working and we don't exactly know why should we stop now and leave the Jenga tower intact yeah you or, just yeah. everybody stand back and then as soon as we put in a below par performance and lose a game we get the banners out and it's uh, um, we do all sorts of uh, awful cartoons involving Scooby-Doo indeed right well let's wrap it up there then we've gone long on this one so um, we'll be back with all the usual stuff in the forthcoming week Phil Hay show tomorrow where we'll try and get to the bottom of the whole manager thing he could just tweet on. it now if he would just tweet they should text me now and I can tell everyone yeah if he would just tell people <laughs> who the new manager is it would save, knows, a, it would it, save it, people a lot of hassle uh, we'll wrap it up. You can tell Victor Orta that might be useful. Thank you. For jo- I'll check. I'll check the bold man WhatsApp group and see if anyone's uh, put it. No, no one's put it. There. Thank you for joining us on the on the live. What stream. a right said Fred saying at the moment. <laughs> uh, something about vaccines again. Is, uh, is Duncan Hugh, Con- Hugh got a <laughs> swimming contest later? Sorry, gone, <laughs> contrails and all that. Um, thank you for joining us on the live stream. If you are um, if you are watching along live and if you're listening afterwards, um, have a look at TSB Plus as well, where you get priority access for this, and you can join us for the live streams after the games squareball.net forward slash plus for details on that and we will uh, we'll speak to you through the week the match ball small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right 
because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.